Welcome to the Ordinary Church Podcast, a discussion of God's extraordinary works through his ordinary ways. We are in part two of listening to the voice of God. Mike, how's it going? Going well today, Winston, and I'm so glad we're still talking about the Word of God. That's right. We are talking about the Word of God. We're talking about how to hear from God, right? Like that, that's what we all want to do. And isn't it wonderful that we do not have to go super far to the farthest reaches of the earth in order to draw on the revelation of God, but that God has made it available for us. Absolutely true, Winston. And you know, I use the word absolutely a lot, but no better place to use it when you're talking about the word of God. It is absolute. We need to seek God exclusively through his word and delight in him. And as we do that, God supernaturally changes our hearts. You know what I like to say? Spirit of God uses the word of God in the lives of the people of God for the glory of God. That's right. Let's remind ourselves what we talked about last time. You hear the voice of God as the Holy Spirit speaks in the word of God to change your life. And we are so sincere in the Christian community. And sometimes we use confusing lines of reasoning. We make assumptions or unsubstantiated claims. Here's the huge exhortation. Use biblical words accurately. Follow Jesus closely guided by the word. That's right. Now, what if somebody is telling you something? Oh, I, I heard from the Lord. I've I have heard him speaking to me and what he's saying. It, it's right in line with scripture. It doesn't contradict scripture. And what do we do with those people? That is the primary argument that gets made. You look at all the websites that say, here's how you learn to hear the voice of God outside of scripture. And they will say it will never contradict scripture. And they'll make that point. And a lot of people get misled by that because they say, well, great. If it's according to scripture, then I want to hear these messages from God. Or at the very least, it doesn't go against scripture. That's what I meant. The number one thing they're going to say is that it will never contradict scripture, right? And people will say, why is seeking to hear God's voice outside of scripture not good if it draws me closer to God? And here's the reason why. Number one, it fosters a low view of God's written revelation. It drives you not to depend on God's sufficient provision of the word. So you're looking for, quote unquote, more in the wrong places. I would say to the word of God, get your nose in the word of God. What what happens is you now downplay the written word. You don't see it as fully sufficient. You need another word. And it makes us feel very special to think that we're getting special messages. Mm -hmm. And so what happens is you seek like fresh revelation, like an addict, when what can truly satisfy your soul is right there in front of you. And if you question that, read Psalm 19, read Psalm 119. It also leads you to trust yourself more than God. Too low a view of the word of God, too high a view of human reasoning. Uh, it pits human reasoning up against the word of God. It divides believers arbitrarily according to man's decrees. This is Gnosticism. This is, this is the heresy of hidden knowledge. And it's very subjective. It causes you to think of yourself more highly than you ought. And knowledge makes arrogant, love edifies. It also can lead others astray, which is very dangerous. Uh, we don't want to put millstones around our own necks. Uh, we don't want to harm weaker brothers and sisters. You may be able to discern, let's say, a book that has some error in it, pick out the good stuff. Your weaker brother may not, and it could lead to harmful beliefs and practices. I really do think it's a question of authority. I think we need to use biblical words accurately. That's right. And we are talking specifically when hearing the voice of God, it's throughout the Bible. That was equal. That was the same as prophecy. The written word is the voice of God. 
It came by special revelation. If somebody is saying that they are hearing the voice of God, they are making a claim that they have special revelation. And whatever you think about the spiritual gifts, that's fine. That's not exactly what we're talking about today. The main problem with that is that prophecy, if we have continuing revelation right now, that would mean that God's word would not be sufficient. And we know that all scripture is God breathes profitable for teaching, correction, reproof and training in righteousness so that the man of God may be complete for every good work, all of the good works. Right. And we want to make sure that we make this distinction again and again here today. If you're a Christian who's very sincere and you want to worship and obey the Lord and you want to do what the word says and you use those terms, I'm listening to God or I'm hearing God's voice or I'm listening to the spirit. We would just say we we know what you mean. You mean something else. We would encourage you to use different words to express yourself because someone else might think you mean you're getting new messages from God. If you just mean I'm worshiping the Lord, I'm obedient to the Lord. I have a sensitive heart. I want to have a sensitive heart to the Lord. I want to love God. I want to do what the word says. We're having no problems. Okay. We're in fellowship together, but be careful about your terminology. Yeah. And we want to be careful about that because throughout Christian history, throughout the church history, this has been a common practice is A really good term will be used, a very proper, everybody knows what it means. And then over time, that term gets corrupted. If you don't clarify your terms, people think you mean what they mean. Mm. I think that there can be a lot of this faux spirituality when we try to hide behind these different, uh, I call it a, a Christianese, right? Like it's the special language that everybody thinks they know. But they don't really know. Right. It's all this. I'm being led by God or I'm bathing it in prayer. All these different like terminologies that if we were to write a definition of it, I don't think it would be uh, accepted in Webster's, if you will. Right. And when we talk about listening to God, I just want to reiterate something that we say listening to the spirit or listening to God. Most sincere Christians that are not off base in their theology. They're not saying they get new messages from God outside the Bible that are authoritative. Right. They're not saying they get new messages outside the Bible. What they're saying is I'm obedient to the word. I worship God. My, my heart is sensitive to him. I want to be led by the spirit right. and being led by the spirit. You're doing the word of God. You're applying the word of God. And we don't need to have extra credence upon our decisions and say, well, God told me, therefore you can't tell me that I'm wrong. Yeah, that is where we get into that issue of authority again. How much weight are we going to put on these things that we cannot substantiate? We know from scripture that not all spirits are from God. And while I'm not going to say, this is going to sound like I'm saying that anybody who hears the voice of God is demon possessed. That's not what I mean. What, here's what I'm going to say. Here's what I'm going to say. Just hear me out. How do you know that what you heard, this, this clear voice, was from God. How do you know that? This is why this is such a big deal, Winston. You hear the voice of God as the Holy Spirit speaks in the written word of God to change your life. God speaks today. The problem is when people are made to feel like they need to have that extra message, they must have certain experiences if they're really a Christian. Right. Then they start feeling guilty. Then they start feeling less than. They get hounded by legalism. Uh, They think they're a lower class Christian because they're not hearing God speak to them in a certain way. I'm here to tell you today, God speaks to me every day by his spirit through his word. And as I delight myself in him, I walk by the spirit obediently. He guides me. He leads me. He gives me wisdom. 
but it's anchored in the word of God. I'm not hearing messages. And you know what it kind of starts to sound like is this new type of Pharisee who is saying, well, yes, we have the word of God, but also we have all these other other things that are helpful that, you know, they don't contradict scripture, but, you know, we, we're, we're adding things to it so as to bolster it, to make it more real. And so it, forgive me for saying this, but it, it sort of sounds like this brand new form of legalism that is trying to be hyper spiritual rather than you know, the typical legalism of strict sort of practices. Sure. That's true, Winston. And I'm just going to go back and I've repeated this so many times. I don't want the sincere, sensitive listener to think that we are indicting them or saying that we know what their heart is like before God. God knows the heart. Man looks at the outward appearance. We would warn Christians to make sure we use scriptural terminology accurately. But there's a lot of Christians that somehow just adopt certain words, but they mean the same thing we're saying. But here's the problem with scripture plus an extra biblical voice. It's hard to distinguish between the two. So you mentioned it before. We become the authority if we have to make the final decision. Like, for example, if you believe this right now, we're not saying you're a lesser version of a Christian, but we would say maybe you're not being wise. and Here's, you know, let's go to an example I can use. The Catholic Church will say this. It's scripture plus the Pope plus tradition. And if any professing Christian fills out that sentence like this, scripture plus, like, well, I really respect the Bible, but I also like something more like a voice I'm hearing in my head or a message I'm thinking I'm getting from God. We don't want to adopt the same error as groups that are outside of biblical orthodoxy. Here's what Martin Luther said. Let the man who would hear God speak, read Holy Scripture. Hmm. Now, we've kind of danced around this, but I I sometimes do feel like this. You know, you, you get these people who seem so spiritual, right? They They are so... They, they know the word of God really well and they seem very sincere and we certainly don't doubt their sincerity on that. And it leads me to ask the question oftentimes of, am I neglecting to grasp some sort of deeper spiritual gift that I'm not tuning my heart to listen to the voice of God? It, am I quenching the spirit? Quenching the spirit is sinning against God. Quenching the spirit is not listening to the Bible as it's been taught or as it's been read. And you quench the spirit when you read the Bible and you go, I don't want to do that because the spirit wants you to do what the word says. Okay. So when we're talking about hearing the voice of God, we need to be careful about, again, the terminology needs to be important. Maybe you know what you mean, but let me ask you this, Mike, is it even, is it even worth it to use that sort of terminology if we know it's been so abused? That's an interesting question. I'm not going to tell anyone what kind of words they need to use. They can use certain terminologies all they want, but we do need to explain ourselves. And we are accountable if we lead someone else astray. I could inadvertently lead you astray by using a terminology that I didn't realize was going to lead you astray. So we can't be so hyper vigilant that we somehow don't even speak because we don't want to say the wrong thing. I would just say for every Christian, as much as you can use biblical terminology in context accurately. So there are better ways to say certain things. I think we can all learn to say something in a more biblically accurate way. So 
talk to me then when I, I've had these conversations and the, the articles that we've read, you both, both of us have read these articles mm-hmm. that are like, well, of course, this is a normative practice. Why do we know that? Well, look at Samuel in the Bible, right? Samuel, the little boy going to Eli saying, did you talk to me? And Eli's like, no. And sure. And you, you think about Samuel and what was going on there. And here's the priest who isn't hearing a voice from God. And Samuel is getting woke up in the middle of the night by God. And God is speaking to him. He is really speaking to him. The question is, do we take that one instance and say that's the normative experience for everyone for all time who wants to follow God? And the answer is no. And so you can't say, well, God spoke to Samuel, therefore he's going to speak to me. Because what about all the people he didn't speak to? Same is true in 1 Kings 18 about Elijah hearing the still small voice of God. People will say, I want to hear the still small voice of God. And the point of God doing that was showing Elijah that the work of God didn't always need to be in this big dramatic revelation or manifestation. You know, the, the fire and the earthquake and the wind and a still small voice or the gentle whisper. God was speaking to a prophet. What does second Peter tell us? No prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy spirit. And that's talking about the prophecy that God spoke through his prophets in the old Testament. So let me ask you this then. I, I hear what you're saying. Talk to me a little bit about if that is happening with Samuel and Elijah and they are, they have the Holy spirit. We have the Holy spirit. Why can I not expect that for myself? Because there are certain normative experiences that every Christian is going to experience. For example, conversion, regeneration, being filled with the Holy Spirit at the moment of conversion. Those are all things that are normative for every Christian. There are other things that God did at a particular point in time, either to speak his word into existence or to give credence to his message that he doesn't do normatively in every Christian's life. And you can just find that in the Bible. Like you do not see this commanded. You do not see us being commanded to hear messages outside the Bible. We are being told over and over again to listen to the word of God, the written word of God, and to obey it. One unique thing that you will find from all the prophets in the Old Testament is that they are clearly pointing every single person. They, they're, they're telling them, listen to what I'm saying, but go back to the word. Absolutely. And with that, we're going to wrap up this episode of Ordinary Church. If you want to get a hold of us or maybe suggest a topic, go ahead and email us at ordinarychurch at gmail.com. Also, Ordinary Church stems from Grace Church of Orange, but it's designed to be more useful than just to people from Grace. We want this to be useful to anybody who is regularly attending a Christian church. So if you feel that this would benefit somebody who's not necessarily going to Grace, we encourage you to go ahead and share it with them. Even leaving a review on iTunes really helps us out. And we hope that you found this episode beneficial to your own life, and we hope that you'll join us next Thursday as we remain faithful even in the ordinary.